God, I pray that uh, you would move in our hearts this morning, that you would remind us of your goodness. You know the needs of our heart. You know the things that we're facing. You know that we, that sometimes that there's, there's pain in the offering. And, uh, and we thank you that, that you meet us there, that you turn tough situations into good things. That's who you are, God. No matter what we are bringing in here, no matter what is in the hearts of, of each of us in this room, God, you know, you see, you hear, and we're thankful for that. We're thankful that you are a good God. Thank you for drawing near, God. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Well, again, welcome. Uh, why don't you have a seat, and uh, we'll invite Troy up to speak. Troy. Nice. Oh my gosh, did nice you invite outfit. me up here? What's that? You look really yeah. good today. Yeah, nice outfit. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. For those of you tuning in on the radio, uh, just joking. <laughs> we don't have radio. Silly. Hey, Brett, this is subtle. Is this supposed to remind me when I'm supposed to leave the stage? A little, uh, just joking. That was last week's. Okay. Hey, good to see you guys today. So my name's Troy Heller, uh, Pastor Family Ministries here at good old New Covenant Community Church, where you're sitting right now and where you, you have tuned in today. So, uh, so thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. You guys, every week, every Sunday is absolutely my favorite. I get so filled up. Uh, they finally let me just uh, go stand outside in the parking lot. And some of you guys are like, hey, I just want to be able to get out of the car without, without Troy uh, hounding me or saying hi or whatever. And you're just like, oh, just... And I see some of you, I see the, the subtle uh, walk past like that, but, but you need to know that if, even if you don't like it, it's encouraging to me. So I love this place, I love the people of New Cove, and I say that over and over, that the best thing about New Cove is absolutely the people of New Cove. And if this is your first time here or tuning in today, uh, you need to discover that, and, and you need to just scratch the surface and meet some of the people that are here. And if you're in this room... And you're looking around, you're like, well, golly, I'm kind of, I don't really know anybody here. Well, then let's change that. Uh, uh, Come stand out front with me, and it'll be. (laughs) No one? No one? Okay. Uh, Hey, I do want to circle back to, uh, we are doing a prayer service next week, and and that's so important. And I want to circle back, and Tim would want me to make sure of this too, because we were talking about it uh, just this last week. But that prayer service, uh, obviously, Tim's the guy that's, that's on stage. And by the way, uh, we had this planned like months ago for me to be here today. Uh, for those of you guys that didn't know, Tim has been out with, with COVID. And, uh, and he's, he's getting better and better every day. And so we're super stoked about that. Uh, but we all just love him so much and want to hug him that he thought he'd stay away. So he likes having that excuse, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so what I was going to say is, you guys, I'm... Our family is praying daily uh, for people that we know that are up against the wall with health issues, with uh, family issues, uh, with things that just seem so insurmountable. This next week is a, heal, is a, a prayer uh, time for healing, and, and I know uh, some of my friends that uh, uh, even, even here uh, right now and those of you guys tuning in online I'd love for you to join us as well. This isn't, and, and Tim wouldn't want it to be just a, a pray over Tim time, but he wants to, uh, to be able to pray for all those uh, 
seeking healing and, and just seeking God in our lives. So i uh, just throwing that out there. Hey, while I'm on it, uh, of things that I don't normally remember to talk about, on the seat back, or online you can push a little button, but the whole uh, connect uh, tab, we really do want to know uh, who's here and how we can help you connect. And there's some, some boxes that you can check there that, that uh, help us to be able to help you uh, to get connected so that you can discover uh, what I've found uh, here at New Cove and how fabulous this place is. So along with that, uh, in the seat back pocket and online, if you do the, uh, the QR code there, is uh, just prayer requests. We absolutely love to and want to continue to pray for you uh, each week. And so if you take time to fill these out, we take these seriously. And, uh, and the church staff prays. Uh, there's a prayer team at New Cove. Maybe you're like, there's a prayer team at New Cove? I'd like to be a part of that. Well, then you can just let us know. It's awesome. Funny, huh? All right. So, shall we get going on this today? Because, yeah, you're like, enough, Troy. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I love this passage, and I was super stoked to be able to, to be a part of it uh, when we got going. And some of that uh, just comes from my own story and the way that God used people that walked with wisdom to surround me when I didn't know Jesus and, uh, in fact, was a bit of a nuisance, uh, never opposed adamantly uh, to God, but, uh, but a bit of a nuisance. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. But one of the things as we dig into this passage, uh, I want us to, to remember and, and have a, a flavor uh, when we talk about this. Uh, so at different points in my life, we all kind of go through this, this little pendulum swing of sorts. And, and there's been points when I've been an arrogant Christian. Uh, now that's just been beaten out of me, and, uh, and now I'm, uh, I think I just recognize God at work, and I recognize the ability for us to be a part of that. And so I feel like this passage calls us to be able to address uh, sharing Christ, sharing our lives, using grace, and not from a standpoint of, uh, of arrogance, uh, which we sometimes find ourselves uh, in as we go about. So let me, let me share this passage. It says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So the first thing that I think is important is that we understand what's an outsider. And you guys, when uh, I, had, I had the opportunity then to, to be able to read the book of Colossians over and over, and, and, uh, and we find out uh, what an outsider is based on what we know an insider to be. And an insider is someone who's trusted Jesus, someone who's uh, seeking to walk uh, with Christ, like many of, uh, many of us that are here. But uh, we need to make sure that we know that uh, Paul, uh, when he talks about, uh, well, when he, when he talks about us as insiders, uh, in, the, in the chapter before this, he talks about how we are to relate to one another. People who have trusted Jesus are to uh, throw some things off, and put some things on. And so we went through all those things uh, as we went. Uh, Brett, this is so memorable for me, Brett came out here looking like a, like a, like a snowman, a little Michelin guy, and uh, with the kids up here, and he was like, what? And so he slowly started taking these things off to, to be able to show that, and we're glad that he stopped at a certain point. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyway, but 
But that looks like us being able just to, when we take things off, it's like when you see anger or you see rage or you see things like that, it's like throw those things off. Get them off quickly. You can't get them off quickly enough. And then Paul's also calling us to put on things like kindness and compassion and gentleness and patience. Uh, in fact, Paul would say and, uh, that outsiders should never feel like outsiders. An outsider is simply somebody who hasn't trusted Jesus yet. And the way that we respond to an outsider doesn't change whether we think they will come to know Jesus at some point, soon, or sometime, or not. It's just how we relate to them. And so uh, maybe for some of you guys in this room, uh, I think it's important to, to start to think about, do you remember a point uh, when you were an outsider uh, with Christ, when you would look at others who had trusted Jesus and you knew that you weren't a part of that. Um, but do you remember what your life was like or what that looked like or how uh, people that were followers of Christ made you feel or how they came alongside of you? And uh, I'm going to share just a couple of things here that uh, as, we, as we go through the verse, one of the things uh, that this verse talks about, how we treat outsiders, uh, the ESV version translates the verse to say, walk in wisdom toward outsiders. I like the mental picture of, of just walking. Uh, how do we walk with wisdom uh, for those that don't know Jesus yet? What's that look like? And so maybe some of you have in, in your own story what that looked like. Well, I can tell you guys, uh, I'm not telling you any of these things because uh, I'm proud to, to say that, but I am so excited about the way that Jesus redeemed my life. Uh, I didn't come to know Jesus until uh, late high school. It was right after my junior year in high school. And even then, like all of us, it's such a, a long walk of figuring out what that looks like to really trust him. And I'm so excited about what God did. But before that, you guys, I was a nuisance. And I'm so thankful that there were Christians that would walk alongside me wisely. And they would, they would kind of shift or nudge, but not, not too hard and not too, you know, uh, tricky on me, but um, so I remember. In, in fact, there was, uh, you know, in <laughs> in school, I remember uh, going hard after a teacher because she wanted to use the Bible as a, uh, a a historical book, and I was like, "Well, you can't do that. That's a Bible, you know, one of those things." But of course, you can actually. Um, and but I was just a nuisance that way. I remember uh, making sure that that my parents or anybody knew that us going to church it was just a waste of time. And, and, uh, and that's really hard to think about now, given the way that God has spoken uh, to my life and encouraged me uh, with people and being able to come together uh, with, with other believers. And probably one thing that stuck out to me as I was thinking about this, and I'm just being fully transparent, I remember a day walking home after uh, uh, the Gideon's ministry was there handing out Bibles, and, and I took one, and, and I didn't... Uh, I didn't read it, and I might have littered with it, and uh, I remember just because I thought I was just cool, and uh, and that's really sad and and a hard one. But so uh, so anyway, I was a nuisance. But God, even though Troy uh, was hardened toward him, you know what He did? He started giving me some friendships. Some people that lived a little bit differently than I did, 
we had we had some common interests. Uh, for me, it was it was sports, and we had common interests. And I I kind of looked around at one point. And I was like, why am I the only one using the language that I'm using? And uh, and then uh, one guy that I got to be really good friends with, uh, I remember just talking to him on the phone back when that was connected to the wall. And in fact, I was I was probably on my teen line <coughs> in my room with the door shut. Uh, but I remember cussing like crazy, talking to him, and I was like, and, and he was just answering, you know, kindly or talking kindly, mostly because his phone was on the wall in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> and you know what else? Like, we, our, our friendship continued to grow, and I just started watching him, and I was like, oh, this is neat. And then you know what else happened? Uh, one day after my family uh, kind of exploded or broke apart or uh, divorce struck and separation and things and and my world was a little bit scattered uh his family invited me to dinner and then three years later i think i left the dinner table i'm and being a dad now and having some high school kids and stuff i'm like that pantry matters and so having people that would just walk gently alongside of me and then even even when i did come to trust god uh, there was a man that uh, worked with Young Life, and he would, he would come run with the cross-country team, and then he and I would go run sometimes, and I just found him to be a safe guy, so I started asking him some questions. And then before I knew it, I was, I was off to a Young Life camp, uh, mostly because I knew that we could show the world how good basketball was in Lincoln, and we could dominate. Uh, but little did I know that that day I would give my life to Jesus, and everything would change. And so God just continually... Uh, brought people alongside of me. And then even afterwards, you guys, uh, and I hope that God has done this in your life, and if he, if he hasn't, then that's how we need to get connected. But God continued to empty the shelves of wise people and put them actively in my life. And I can't even tell you how thankful I am uh, for all those influences. So think about your story. What would have been helpful uh, for you, if you were an outsider, maybe you can't remember, and some of us can't. I've had plenty of conversations with people that are like, I don't know, I've just always trusted Jesus. And they've taken the steps, and their relationship with Jesus is absolutely real. Uh, and so then, sometimes maybe we can even ask, like, if you have uh, friendships that have, that have gotten that deep, like, hey, does it ever feel weird that uh, I'm not mowing my lawn on, you know, Sunday morning and you know, or what does it ever feel like? Should I be inviting you to things more or just having open conversation uh, with people that way? Um, so what does it look like uh, to be a person that walks with wisdom? I found this quote uh, from, from Pastor Ray Stedman, who's, who's since passed, and you guys, I love it. Uh, you can read it with me up there, but it says, I like that figure because a walk, of course, merely consists of two simple steps repeated over and over again. It is not a complicated thing. In the same way, the Christian life is a matter of taking two steps, one step after another, then you're beginning to walk. Those two steps follow in this passage. Paul describes them as put off the old and put on the new. Then repeat them. That is all. Keep walking through every day like that. That is how scripture exhorts us to live. So sometimes we make this so hard. 
how am I supposed to share Jesus with those around me? How am I supposed to talk about this? What the scripture is pointing us toward is if we are continually every morning, every moment thinking, oh my gosh, is that anger? Is that harshness? Is that bitterness? Throwing that off. What am I putting on? I'm putting on what Jesus gave me and I'm going to keep walking. I'm taking the next step. Repeat it over and over and over again. And sometimes, you guys, Satan tricks us and he makes us think like, oh, Troy, you suck. Or uh, maybe you personally, you think like, oh my gosh, you're having to throw the same thing off over and over again. Uh, You must not be walking with Jesus. But that's not true. The truth is that us continually surrender our lives to Jesus uh, is us walking with him. And of course, we're going to fail. And that's why Jesus came to uh, be our savior, to die for our sins on the cross. And so don't let yourselves get, uh, get sucked into that. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the things that, a story that I came across as I was looking at this, there's a, a gentleman named Dr. William Henry Houghton. Uh, he was, I guess, maybe best known for being one of the presidents of the Moody Bible College. But when he was a pastor in, in Atlanta, uh, I guess he was uh, uh, one of somebody that, that had come across him had, had just wondered, like, is this guy really, is he really all that he says he is? Like, he says these things on Sunday morning, and he, he shares these things, and they sound really nice, but is he really who he says he is? And so, what would you do? I mean... The guy decided to, to hire a uh, private investigator to follow uh, this pastor around for two weeks. So I'm watching over my shoulder. Uh, and you know what? The private investigator two weeks later came back to the man. He said, he's living just what he's saying. Absolutely what he's saying. I know another guy like that uh, that's, that's a pastor here, and I love that. Uh, um, so repeating after one after one step after another to be able to continue to walk with Jesus. Uh, so we covered the walking part. What does it look like to walk in wisdom toward outsiders, toward those that don't know Jesus yet? Well, Dr. Wearsby, uh, another quote that I, that I loved, uh, what does it mean to walk in wisdom? For one thing, it means that we are careful not to say or do anything that would make it difficult to share the gospel. It also means that we must be alert to use opportunities God gives us for personal witnessing. What obstacles are we as Christians, or more specifically, what obstacles are you and I putting in the way of people coming to know Jesus? Like, are they having to step over some obstacles for them to be able to see the true, the real, the alive Jesus? Uh, it's been, it's interesting. So I've, I've been following Jesus for about 30 years now, uh, which is unbelievable for me to think about. Um, and in that time, so you guys might have some longer lists than me, but when I think about evangelism as a whole, some of the different things that, that, that God uses or that we've kind of put together, uh, to make up evangelism. And I, I just kind of threw this list together, and so you guys might have some things to add to it as well as you go through. And these are neither good nor bad. God uses all of them. Uh, some of them, honestly, when I, when I share this list, uh, some of them make me chunk, chuckle. Some of them make me cringe just a little bit. Uh, but I think I hear stories of, of how God has used uh, some of these different things. So uh, 
the first one, let me just uh, slide out of the way here, but I've uh, people standing in an open forum, uh, sometimes yelling at people uh, in the streets or, or uh, different places like that. We've seen signs at football games or other sporting events. Uh, we've seen big events to gather people and share the gospel. Uh, we've seen Bible tracks, uh, pieces of paper that are, are left in different places. In fact, there's, there's one that uh, the infamous uh, $20 bill uh, tract. Anybody remember this? Uh, this this tract that that looks exactly like a folded over $20 bill, and you pick it up, and you open it, and you're like, oh, are you disappointed? Well, don't be, because Jesus is there for eternal life. And maybe someone in this room came to know Jesus that way. I was just a little bummed that I didn't have 20 bucks. Uh, we've done... Uh, We've done prosperity speaking. We've done uh, people offering healing. Uh, we've done, in youth ministry, there was a, a, a time where we would offer something that I, it kind of feels like a bait and switch thing now, like, hey, come for this, but I'm going to give you that uh, kind of situation. Uh, we've had movies, testimonies, camps, attractions, uh, different programming for that, in-house Bible studies, door-to-door evangelism. Even as I read these, some of these, you guys are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and so I'm not reading them like there's a hierarchy of what's right or wrong uh, as you go through because God can use absolutely anything. In this passage, though, the part that I really like seeing is, is Paul calling us to just walk in wisdom. Live out your faith and walk as Christ has asked us to. I'm going to read a a few scriptures here. Because I was like, okay, well, what other scriptures uh, point toward us sharing our faith or God using us? So I started with uh, John John 1.14, just the first part of the verse. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So this this was one of the confusing things for me as a new believer. I was like, it says word. So I'm thinking the Bible is there quick. But if you look into it, Jesus is the word. And the word dwelt among people. The, the translation in the message says, uh, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Jesus came near to the outsiders. And that's what, uh, that's what Paul's calling us to do. Uh, Matthew 5, I'm going to have you guys just, if you want, you can just write these passages down and, uh, and look at them another time. But uh, we have all of Matthew 5 that's up there. But, but the big part is, uh, that we let our light shine in such a way that people see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Live out your faith. Let people recognize that and see that. Uh, in First Peter, uh, we learn about uh, making Christ Lord in our hearts, always being prepared to give an answer for the faith that's in you. In First Thessalonians uh, 2, we learn... Uh, They talk about because we loved you so much that we're delighted to share with you not only our lives, our whole self, but the gospel, uh, who Christ is as well. We came alongside, we entered in. In in, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, we read about Paul, who's willing to become all things. Oh, your preference is this? I can do that. Oh, your preference is this? I can do that. All to be able to have the opportunity to help people come to know Jesus. Entering in, moving into the neighborhood. I love these these two quotes that have to come along with it. Uh, Edgar Guest said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Sorry, (laughs) you guys. 
listening. Uh, D.L. Moody said, every Bible should be bound in shoe leather. Y'all, love it. Uh, So, sometimes I read books. It's true, words out. Uh, One of the books that I've been reading in the last year, actually there's two of them that that I kind of flip-flop between just for for fun. I was kind of enamored with uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, and uh, I left my Carnegie at home, just so you know, but but I was just kind of enamored with his gentleness, his patience, uh, sometimes frustrated by how slow he is, but, but enamored by, uh, by this guy. And one of the things that, that I read in, in the books that talked about him, uh, his staff, the people that filmed him, uh, some of which were, were a pretty rough crew of people that didn't necessarily live the same life that Fred Rogers lived. And here's what they said about him. Uh, They said, for most of us, it's about how he made us feel. He made us feel seen. He made us feel important. He made us feel loved. Seems a little bit like Jesus in terms of how he would see people. He would love people. He would care about people. Uh, He would look to seek to understand them. Um. So if if walking wisely leads to opportunities to share our faith, then how? How do we do this? Well, verse 6 says, Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Uh, There's a a quote that, that I came across that said, Although it's tempting to give grace its theological meaning, always being full of grace, It's more probable the idea of beauty or winsomeness because of a childlike charm or innocence. Uh, Webster defines winsomeness. We don't use the word winsome very much, but Webster defines winsomeness as attractive, appealing, generally pleasing and engaging, often because of a childlike charm or innocence. Not to be confused with like being super extroverted or, or super catchy or, or anything like that. It's just living out day after day, taking the step of throwing off and putting on as we go through and we walk. Uh, Barton said this, he said, No Christian should have a dull, tiresome, know-it-all monologue of his faith. Instead, Christians who have the most exciting news in the world to share should be able to share that message with excitement. Ability to invoke interest in understanding of the basics, a willingness to listen and discuss, and a desire to answer everyone's questions graciously. The way words are spoken is as important as the words themselves. When we tell others about Christ, we should always be gracious in what we say. No matter how much sense uh, the message makes, We lose our effectiveness if we are not curious. Just as we like to be respected, we must respect others if we want them to listen to what we have to say. So that's a large quote, but I thought uh, so, so good. And I think uh, being an insider, an insider being or having winsomeness uh, has a lot to do with, uh, with posture. Has a lot to do with how we carry ourselves, uh, what we believe about others. 
so for instance, uh, this last week I got to sit in this room with, uh, with a guy. Uh, I was a part of a, a bigger breakfast, and I kind of prejudged the guy. I was like, man, it'd be awesome to live your life. You're, you're, uh, you're pretty loaded, and things seem to be going pretty well for you. That, that looks pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, which, I mean, all you guys that are loaded in here, you're like, yeah, it's not all it's cracked up. Anyway, I'm just joking. So I'm, I prejudge the guy, and then he starts sharing. He shares about how God used a, a, an instance of hardship in his life. And ever since that hardship happened, uh, which was uh, a personal bankruptcy type thing, ever since that happened in his life, he said when someone comes to him or someone comes to talk to him about a problem that they're having, he immediately slides whatever he has in front of him out of the way, sets everything down, and he's all there. He said, because I used to judge people that had uh, problems or issues that came up. But God used that situation so mightily in my life that now I want to be there and I want to listen to them. And so we can have that same empathy with others without having to experience uh, the same hardship. So our posture towards others um, Always full of grace, seasoned with salt. It was just, it was just a few short years ago that I learned uh, the joy that just a little dash of salt can bring to some food. I'm not going to say any names about anybody at any point, but there's been a few meals that I'd sat down to, and I was like, it's food, pretty bland. And then, and then, I noticed people put just a little dash of salt on stuff. And so I just did that. And then, oh my gosh, you guys, my life was changed. It's like, whoa. And then, uh, but then, as you know, if you put too much salt on something, it's unbearable. You can't eat it. So each situation is us looking to come alongside someone and gauging how much, how much winsomeness. You're, you have the creator of the world the one who loves you and cares about you and has made your future certain right there, present with you. And so what does it look like to be able to add just the right amount of salt to a situation? I have a neighbor that walks by occasionally and over the last several years I've been getting to know him and every now, like every time I learn something new about him, about his life story, and I'm loving it, you guys. And sometimes he says things that I absolutely disagree with but I keep listening and I keep asking more questions. And the posture piece, you guys, I used to feel like when someone starts talking to me about God, I started to feel like literally my posture would be I'm back on my heels. Like, oh no, it's me defending God right now. What are we going to do? But now God has given me this freedom in trusting him to lean in, come on the balls of my feet, and then just start asking questions. Say, tell me more about that. Or like when things really get, really get ugly at certain points when I totally disagree, like I learned from a good friend that's in here to ask the question like, if, if I disagreed with you, would you care to know? And those are situations where like if you have a, if you have a relationship and you're, you're in deep and it's been a long-standing relationship with somebody, then you can start to have those those conversations of, of disagreement or sorting those things out. Uh, but I love uh, the idea of seasoning things with salt as we go. Uh, this came clear to me a couple of weeks ago when uh, I started, uh, I'd, I'd reconnected with a guy that I used to teach with, and he's about 
He's about 10 years uh, older than I am. And the guy, like, ever since I've known him, uh, he's been just this fit dude. And so we started riding bikes uh, every Monday morning at 7 a.m. And, and we'd meet and we'd go out for rides together. And, uh, and it's been so awesome just to have conversation. And so on our first ride, uh, we were out grinding. I've learned to ask questions on the uphills, uh, which is fallen for that one before because uh, you just can't breathe when you're going uphill. And, uh, and this guy's just like, oh, man, he could ride away from me in any moment if he wanted to. And I'm listening and talking and just wondering, like, what doors would God open? So the one door that I thought about stopping, stepping through, but I didn't, uh, we actually almost got hit by a car. And he thought it was a nun that was driving. And, uh, and so he thought that that might have been better. Um, and so then I was like, Lord, is that an open door? <laughs> Thankfully, I sat on that for just a little while. Uh, but then the next week, we're riding along, and I just asked him, I was like, hey, what's your secret? Like, how have you stayed so fit over all these years? Like, what do you do? And you know what? He told me. He told me a secret. Uh, five bucks, and I'll tell you uh, later after service. I'll be out front. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You guys, this is what Paul's calling us to do. He's calling us to throw off and put on. And when people see us throw off and put on, then they're going to ask. And at, at some point, uh, we've, my friend and I have had uh, plenty of spiritual conversations uh, over the years, which has been so awesome. But at some point, he might turn back to me and he'd go, Troy, I've recognized how you've handled some, some hard situations. Or how do you stay so positive? Or how do you, I don't know what it'll look like, but I'm trusting that God who has control over his heart, who loves him so much that he wants nothing more than for him to walk with Jesus, that that's going to happen. Or God will just make it absolutely clear to me uh, to be able to say, hey, it's time we talk. Remember that nun? Uh, And then Colossians 3 says, when people see how you walk as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Having the right answer for each individual, the right amount of salt starts and begins with how you and I relate to one another and how you or how I relate to Jesus and how we come before him and how we seek him. That's that's how we share Jesus. And you guys, one of the things that's been awesome for me uh, over the years and one of the reasons why I rave about New Cove as a church and a church body. Uh, Like, as I make friends, and I get to invite them on some level, whether it's a Sunday morning to come and to meet and to be a part of a body of people that will laugh and care and hug and 
be normal and authentic and genuine and seek uh, to follow Jesus, when I get to bring them around you guys, it's so amazing to do that. Uh, the last volleyball season, uh, the last couple years of volleyball seasons has been just that. Me being able to invite people that, that God's put in my pathway to be on my volleyball team. And then we get to do that so that then they get to mix it up with some of the New Cove uh, community and the church body. And they come to see that. And I absolutely love being a part of uh, a group of people that love Jesus and love others. So let me pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thanks for an opportunity to be able to, uh, to dive into your word. Thanks for the way that you love us and that you care about us. Uh, God, I pray that you would help us to walk in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen.